Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? We love anything that feels like a cult. Let's just say that. <laughs> we do. And I think we're going to talk about probably one of the biggest cults there is. A cult that I just participated in last week for the trip to Disney World. How was the trip? It looked amazing. It was great. And I had pretty low expectations, I guess. I thought it was yeah. going to be miserable. I thought it was going to be awful. I've only been two other times in my life, and one of them was with you. Yeah. When we were 19, which was a weird trip. And it was a weird time because we didn't know we were going to Disney. We had booked and planned this trip, but had no idea it was to Disney. How does that happen? I don't understand how that happens. Like, how could we have been so checked out mentally as college kids, I guess? It must be nice to just be so free-spirited. They were like, hey, do you want to go to Florida? We're like, okay. And we thought we were going to Tampa to visit our other friend that was in college down there. And they're like, oh, here, okay, write out a check for this much. This is how long ago it was where we wrote checks out. <laughs> we're like, okay. So we write the, we all write a check out. And we're like, oh, we're all going to get together one night and plan like what we're going to do on the trip. We're like, okay. So me and you show up, I think, together probably. I probably picked you up. We had our little checkbooks in hand. <laughs> We wrote it out for however many hundreds of dollars it was. We show up to our friend's house. All the people who were going on this trip with us were there. And they opened a box, a cardboard box that was full of spiral bound Disney itinerary. (laughs) Like laminated, right? Wasn't it? Like a plastic sheet over the top. It was 90 pages long. We each got our own. It was personalized for our trip. And you could look up at any time of day, an hour, where Mickey was going to be at the park, (laughs) where Winnie was going to be, Eeyore, if you wanted to get your autograph. (laughs) It was like the modern day version of an app now that like I know you said you use. So that's what that book was. And me and you, I just remember looking at each other like, we're going to Disney. (laughs) We were not into it at the time. No. Our friends were waking up early to take like the buses and shuttles over to the parks. And we were like, if you come at me with that good morning one more time, I'm going <laughs> to punch you in the face. So please let me sleep in and we're going to just hang by the pool. We'll we'll right. make an appearance at the park <laughs> later. We, we were just so not into it. And, and we were at an awkward age because we felt like we were like too old for like the Disney stuff. But yeah, then yeah, yeah. not old enough to actually go to what was downtown Disney at the time. That had like the bars and stuff, but we couldn't get into any of those because right. we were 19. So we, we were just in this weird in-between age. We're like, I'm not gonna be snuggling up with Pluto, but I also can't order a drink at the bar. Well, I don't know. It depends what Pluto looks like underneath there. <laughs> the articles that I've read for preparing for this episode today. It seems like these people are like lifers, like someone would be like, oh, I played Pluto for 40 years. So like, it's probably like an old man with a pension under the Pluto (laughs) costume. Oh, man. Imagine that. I've been to Disney World three times and I've been I've had three very different experiences. So I experienced it myself as a child when I went Mm -hmm. at seven, when my parents took me. And then I experienced it with you at 19, which was a totally different trip. And then I've experienced it just now with my daughter for the first time, which was 
awesome. I loved it. I loved everything about it. And I'm I feel like I'm a Disney, I'm a Disney family now. <laughs> I will be going back. Maybe not after I finish this episode, but so I never did Disney as a kid because I don't know. I know a lot of people with Portuguese parents of Lagorian who are parents. They did go to Disney, but I know a good amount of people that didn't go as a kid because their parents didn't know how to plan Disney. It's not the age was, so why are we going there? So I never got to go as a kid. I went one, like my first time I think was my senior high school, and then my second time was with you. So shortly after, I did like Disney kind of back to back almost. Who'd you go with in high school? My cousin. <laughs> you were always the tag along person on other people's trip. Always. The Portuguese thing is interesting, though, because my parents were actually visiting me this weekend and we were talking a little bit about the Disney trip I just went on. And of course, we were reminiscing about when they took me to Disney at seven. And I was asking them just like random things like, oh, like what resort did we stay at? And like I asked them, I was like, Dad, did we do fast pass when we went? And he goes, we didn't do fast pass. <laughs> they told me that there was fast pass, but that they didn't do it, which, of course, they wouldn't have done it. But because it was extra. Because it was extra, but or I don't know. I think Fast Pass might have been free at some point. I, I don't know. But then I looked it up, and Fast Pass didn't come out until 1999. And I was like, "That Dad, uh, we weren't even there when Fast Pass was around." So like, I don't know what he was talking about. Either way, they would not have paid any extra money for that service. No, nor would they have known how to coordinate it. We were asking them, like, like, oh, like, how did you know how to book the trip? They're like, obviously, we use a travel agent. And I'm like, oh, of course you did. Right. You know? <laughs> That's what they did. They had a travel agent, but they also had to, like, go down there on their own to Disney. My parents, if they had gone, what would they do? Like, they would land in Florida at the airport and then what? <laughs> no chance. <laughs> They'd be like, where's the little Portuguese man picking us up at the shuttle? <laughs> no. The expense alone is enough to keep them away. Yeah. That was a one-time trip for us. Like, my parents were like, okay, we want to take my kid to Disney, which I love that they did that. I respect the hell out of them for that. But they must have saved up for, like, so long to be able to, like, afford that trip. And that was like, we're doing this one time. So, like, we went to every park there was. Like, I asked my dad, and they're like, oh, yeah, we went to all the Disney parks. We went to Universal Parks. We went to SeaWorld. Yeah, they had to because they like we're spending the money this one time. When we get back, we're going to save all our pennies. <laughs> you get one shot. Is SeaWorld still existed? It does. It's surprising because I thought all the like black whale documentaries would have put it under. But I, and I'm sure obviously people are going to it still, I guess. I know. I know <laughs> the drama of it all, which is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to dive into a little bit of the behind the scenes, maybe like not so glamorous Disney stuff. The not so happiest place on earth. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'll stick up for it because I just went and I'm on still like the pixie dust Disney high. So it was magical. Yeah, exactly. But do I like to just lay on the beach with a drink? Yes. (laughs) But I also I do like I want to see Mickey coming by and I like yours, my favorite. When we went at 19, Eeyore was who I wanted to see, though, at least. I was like, since we're here, I better see motherfucking Eeyore. (laughs) Two-minute side tangent. We had such an obsession with Eeyore. I was grown. I was a woman in college, and I had 92 Eeyore stuffed animals and paraphernalia. Like, I think you got me, like, an Eeyore clock for, like, my 18th birthday. Like, it was just, it was an odd time in my life. Like, he was so miserable, and I just loved that about him. 
I mean, he's just, he's like our soul. Like, it's just like how we feel every day. So it's just. <laughs> he's my spirit animal. I remember that, especially that trip. I remember we ended up going by in a bunch of uh, Eeyore stuffies. So as much as we hated on going on the trip, we left with some Eeyores. We absolutely left with Eeyores. I have too many Eeyores. I had one that I'm not sure that it was from that trip. It might have been from a different trip or from somewhere else. Who knows where I got it from? But it was giant, a giant Eeyore. And he, he, he talked when you hugged him. <laughs> oh, my God. It's awesome. He had like a, a recurring set of phrases that he would say. And it was like, thanks for the friendly hug. <laughs> and then like you'd hug him again. And he'd be like, I needed that. And like, it was just like the best. I loved that freaking stuffed animal. You definitely still have it somewhere. My mom mom undoubtedly has a closet full of yours somewhere. (laughs) See, so I did see Pooh Bear, Tigger, and Piglet on this trip as characters, but I did not see Eeyore. So (gasps) that was a little bit sad. I wonder why. He's probably in outpatient care. It's okay. It's all right. He needs it. He needs his time. All right. So, should we get into the episode? Yes. All right, guys. So, I'm going to just start off with a little just background of Disney. The Walt Disney Company was created by Walt Disney and his brother Roy, which I had no idea he had a brother. The company was called the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio, which started October 16, 1923. Damn, that's a long time. So within three years, the company had produced two movies and purchased a studio in Hollywood, but issues with distribution rights nearly cost them the company. And then in 1928, Mickey Mouse was created and it changed everything for Disney. Around the same time, Disney released other characters such as Minnie Mouse and Donald Duck. In 1934, Disney started production on its first full-length feature film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and it became the highest grossing film of its time. It's just crazy to think how old all these movies are. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is interesting because I tried to play that for my daughter once and I found it on TV, except I was halfway through the movie and I realized that I was watching a different film, oddly similar. But then all of a sudden, like halfway through, I'm like, why are they all named Joe? I'm like, who are these dwarves? It was a very interesting thing. So I don't know if that was like the original and then it got rebranded to the seven dwarves, like, you know, happy, sneezy, sleepy that we know now. But originally they were seven Joes. We might have to look that up and update that on the next episode because now I want to know why were there seven Joes. (laughs) Yeah, like at some point somebody like rebranded and they were like, yo, the seven Joes are creeping people out. Like, It's not good for kids. Like <laughs> the seven Joans come back from the mine. <laughs> Creep on this girl in her apartment that's sweeping up with her Vasuda. <laughs> the cost of making Snow White was really expensive and made it difficult for Disney's next few animated films. And then World War II happened, so that stopped any production of Disney movies. So Disney decided to contribute its skills to the war effort by producing propaganda films for the U.S. government. Hmm, just what I want in a children's cartoon. War propaganda. Disney also launched several television series during its time, and I didn't realize this is how old this is. 
1955, the Mickey Mouse Club made its debut to a national TV audience. Did you realize this is in the 1955? No, I thought that was like a Justin Timberlake situation. Damn. I was shocked when I saw that. That same year marked another landmark moment for Disney, the opening of the first Disney theme park, Disneyland in California. Disney Company is celebrating 100 year anniversary. So like they use that all as like marketing stuff. Like I was just in Disney World and it was the 50th anniversary of I'm assuming the Disney World Park in Florida opening. So everything is branded 50th celebration and like they sell all this merch and like it's a huge marketing trick like the big like 50 on it right yes yes anniversary emblem so it's like you gotta buy it (laughs) right exactly but it's like they're always celebrating something like so then they're going into 100th anniversary of disney and then i'm sure the disneyland park has its own dates that they're working off of so i'm like i don't know it's just all marketing (laughs) it is sadly walt disney died in 1966 Following his passing, Roy Disney took over the supervision of the company, but was succeeded by an executive team in 1971. And then lastly, Walt Disney World opened on October 1st, 1971. And we are in 2023, and it is still thriving. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting because he died before that park was even open, the, the Disney world one like he was working on like plans for it and stuff but he was gone before it began which is sad but it's wild because it's like you go there and it's like walt disney is so associated with everything there at the parks you know you're thinking of walt disney the whole time you're there and you're like he didn't even see this fucking park like he he wasn't even alive when this park got created so it's interesting and i honestly i didn't even know he had a brother that was like involved in this either I was like, oh, shit. I thought it was Walt the whole entire time. (laughs) He got all the credit. That's that's for sure. He was probably just like the crazy one. And like Roy did all the work behind the scenes. And we can obviously we're going to get into like the whole like self-governed part of Disney and how they just own all the land down there and all that shit. But Epcot, which, oh, God, off the top of my head, it's like experimental prototypical community of tomorrow or something is like what Epcot stands for. It was originally pitched as like an idea for like a real futuristic type of community city living. Like it wasn't supposed to just be a park. It was supposed to be like people were supposed to live and work and eat there. And they were going to design this like whole community. Walt, that was his plan. And that's how he pitched Epcot. And I think that was a big reason for them granting all this like ability to make their own community and their self-governance and all of that was because of the way that Epcot was pitched. And then they just like turned it into a theme park. Oh, dang. The reason that they got granted some of the rights that they have was because they were doing this like experimental new community thing. And then they just like, yeah, actually, we're just going to make that a ride. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's pretty cool, some of that history. but So I'm going to jump into the little seedy underbelly of Disney. <laughs> Cast members must play the car 100% while on the clock, including always smiling at guests. Water breaks are limited and employees aren't afforded things like a regular work schedule or fair pay, despite claiming Disney to be family-oriented. 
Heat stroke is frequent among cast members who perform in the mascot suit role. Many former staff have spilled tea and share their experiences. So this is how we know that Disney isn't as magical as people think for employees, at least. <laughs> if you're there with your kids and you see a mascot and like, you know, if Minnie walks by and she just ignores your kid. You're kind of like, yo, like what the app. <laughs> right. Or if she's walking around carrying her head in her hand, smoking a cigarette. I mean, like that, it's going to kill the vibes. That'd be like the ratchet, <laughs> ratchet side of Disney <laughs> after hours. <laughs> just to give you my experience from being there just now, the characters are phenomenal. So, because of all these rules that they have for them, they're so good at what they do like they are like you said they're on they're in character 100% of the time they do not break character they are not allowed to break character for any reason and that's gotta be tough they're putting on a show they call it like on stage time so it's not like clocking in and clocking out of your job it's on stage off stage so like when Mm -hmm. they are in the park dressed as a character they are on stage and they are not allowed to act differently than the character until they get off stage which is kind of behind the scenes where guests can't see them yeah during like incidents and stuff so like i can just imagine that like like a fire breaks out and then you're gonna have like disney characters like rushing around and they're gonna be still be in character they're gonna be like please come right this way with me evacuate in an orderly manner <laughs> from the castle like they are not going to break character like i saw a video of a couple incident type things that had happened one of them was there was like a princess uh, riding a horse and it was like one of the like the parades or something that was happening and some little kid had like a balloon that was like tied to a stroller or something somehow the balloon like caught on to like the hoof of the horse and a horse apparently does not like a balloon string wrapped around their hoof and like the horse just started freaking out okay so the horse is just like jumping up and if they freak like that they're a danger especially in the middle of, of a freaking crowded area with like thousands of children just like two feet away from him the cast members immediately got it under control where like cast members like came out of nowhere the, the girl who's like on the horse she's still smiling like in character she's in her big boof poofy ball gown and she like sachets like a little princess like swings around the horse and like a lady like dismount <laughs> off the horse and i was just like oh my god they do not break character that takes a little bit of talent Absolutely. Well, I would be like, the fuck this. <laughs> the mascot ones, at least if they're like annoyed and agitated, they can like swear to themselves and at least they're like covered with the, like with the big head. I guess like if you're a princess, you have to be on point all the time. Yes, I, I think that's a great point because just think of COVID, right? And wearing the masks, like the amount mm-hmm. of fucking faces I make under that mask. <laughs> exactly. The best character job then that we saw while we were there, Grumpy. He's in character as Grumpy. So yeah, he came over to our table. We did character dining with Snow White. Grumpy comes over to the table. He does his autograph. He's signing her book. And she's like all like bright eyed and bushy tailed looking at him. And then he finishes signing his name on her autograph book. And he throws the pen back at her at the table. like, And she was like in shock. She was like, what is happening? But it's hysterical because like that's grumpy. So he has to embody that character. They took like pictures together and he's like doing like a thumbs down. And like it was really cute. I wonder what Sleepy's dynamic would be. 
Sleepy wasn't there because he was home sleeping in the bed. <laughs> there was only two dwarfs. There was Dopey and Grumpy. I'd be like, can I be Sleepy? <laughs> yeah. So like Sleepy's home in the comma. Sneezy. It's like COVID. You can't you have can't, sneezy. You can't come sneezy out. <laughs> not allowed out, you know. <laughs> and actually one little side note on Dopey. There was a situation in the 90s. Couple was there. They were watching a parade. The parade vehicle, like they're all on like floats or whatever, right? So the parade vehicle like struck a curb and like went out of control. And like it was a snow white float with like the dwarfs and whatever. Mm-hmm. And an animatronic dopey dwarf fell off of the thing onto this woman who was watching the parade and then like exploded. Oh my God. A dopey explosion from the parade float onto her. She had to go to the hospital. They sent like a Disney cast member there with paperwork. She didn't speak English well, so she didn't understand what she was signing. It was like for like $1,200. And so she was assuming that it was like signing the receipt of $1,200 that Disney was giving her for to cover like her immediate hospital stay or whatever. And they brought like a little Minnie Mouse stuffy to her in the hospital. It was like, here's a Minnie Mouse stuffy in sign this here and we'll give you $1,200. And she didn't realize like that was the extent of it. Like that was signing away Disney's uh, liability associated with it. And she ended up needing like skin grafts and all this stuff. She got infected. So like it took a lot more than $1,200 to recover from that incident. And she like lost all her rights to it. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah. Like knowing that she doesn't speak the language. Right. That, yeah, that, oh, especially having parents that don't speak English, <laughs> that, like, infuriates me. I don't know what this person's financial situation was, but can you imagine going, like, broke or bankrupt and the reason being that Dopey exploded on you? It makes for a great story, I guess, but that poor lady. Disney has the money to fucking cover. Of course, of course. That's the thing. You have the money. Like, oh my God, how'd you lose your leg? Was that in the war? No, it was the dopey parade. Oh my gosh. That upsets me because that poor lady. What, what are you going to be this Mickey Mouse stuffy? How insulting. I've got to go pay out of pocket skin graft situation, but at least I have this nine inch plush. <laughs> well, speaking of incidences at Disney. What a great segue. One woman sued Disney in 1976, claiming that a cast member portraying one of the three little pigs in the It's a Small World attraction sexually harassed her, going as far as groping her. Wait, wait, wait. There used to be people in It's a Small World? Small World is like all like like animatronic figures. Like There's no people. Live people. Maybe this is why. Maybe they used to have live people. Three little pigs in It's a Small World, though? Like, I don't even understand the, like, where, what are they doing in there? It's a Small World is the one where you go through all the different countries and it shows like representation of every country except Portugal, which we will talk about. <laughs> so, like, what are the three little pigs doing in there? Were they having a matanza? <laughs> is Portugal really part of It's a Small World and they had to take it out because the three little pigs from the matanza assaulted a guest? This is in 1976. I have a lot of questions about the three little pigs at It's a Small World. I just want that on the record. But continue. Disney, of course, disproved this by presenting the costume 
which had short, inoperable arms that made it impossible for the cast member to grope anyone while in costume. Stop. They had to change the costume so that their arms couldn't reach under a skirt? No, they presented the costume, which has already the short arms. Oh, 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 oh. so it was trying to say, like, the arms can't grope. They're too short. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, and then it gets... It gets better? Oh, my God. I can't wait. In 1981, a 1978 incident between Winnie the Pooh and a little girl went to court. The girl's parents claimed that the cast member portraying the lovable bear had slapped their daughter. The cast member argued that the girl had been tugging on the costume, and in the course of turnaround, he accidentally knocked her over. He showed up to court in costume, which convinced the jury that the arms in the costume would have allowed a cast member to slap a child of the victim's height. Which... That one, I think, is a little understandable, maybe. I'm not about abuse, and obviously, and, like, hitting kids, but, like, if it was, like, accidental, I don't know. I wasn't there. (laughs) But, like, that's so funny that, like, Disney's whole defense for all the characters is, like, my arms are too short. (laughs) My I have no mobility in this costume. That's hysterical. Do you want to know something funny? My daughter went to go get Olaf's autograph. And she had her autograph book out and we got to the front of the line. And the the guy who was like about to let us in to see Olaf, he was like, yeah, um, Olaf has sticks for arms. So he can't find that autograph. And I just started dying because I'm like, of course, he's a fucking snowman. He has sticks yeah, for right. arms. Like, he can't sign an autograph. Oh, so there's no way on earth to get Olaf's autograph, right? They, they give you like this little like card that has an Olaf autograph on it already. And they give that to you that you can like put it in your little autograph book or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just died when he was like, ma'am, Olaf has sticks for arms. He will not be signing with the pen today. Oh, my God. So if Olaf has to show up to court ever. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like Olaf is going to be like, I have sticks for arms. Like I cannot. <laughs> in February 2012. The situation was reversed when an employee encountered a 53-year-old man near the Tower of Terror. The man allegedly was drunk, assaulted the employee, employee who pepper sprayed him. The man continued fighting, and other guests had to subdue him. So, guests get crazy, too. I, I mean, I can only imagine, and, like, the added stress of being at Disney and the lines and the heat and all of that, like, I can only imagine it brings out the worst in people who are, uh, you know, already... Society's already like sketchy as it is. So I yeah. can only imagine. And I didn't see any of that while I was there. Like I, there was actually there was one situation that I'll talk about, but I don't want to derail this right now. So like we'll continue through this and then I'll bring it up later. Gotcha. All right. So some accidents at Disney. A lot of these I was like, oh, wow, it's really sad. because You don't think about it when you're going on the ride. Before you even get into that, I read something about how they don't have to follow state amusement inspection criteria like they don't have to follow the same like amusement ride rules they don't have like outside inspection of their rides and this was an old article so like i don't know if it's changed now so like anytime there's an incident because obviously there's still incidents that occur it's like the reports are all written up by people on disney payroll and like they're all like slanted oh yeah and it's not available to the public which i think is the most important thing because Typically, if you had like an outside regulatory agency that was coming in and inspecting that, there's like public information availability that like, you can go as a member of the public and request like those records. 
And I think they're like locked records because a regulatory agency is not the one inspecting them. So I was like, well, that's interesting. See, sneaky, sneaky, sneak. There's so many parks and there's so many like rides and machinery and all that stuff. There's got to be a lot of incidents. But like you never hear anything about it. No. Like when we were on our way to Disney, like we were traveling there and like we started getting like, you know, your phone just listens to you, just knows what you're doing. And you start getting all these like Disney news and Disney information. And there was an article that popped up and it was like a joke, but I didn't realize it was a joke. And it was like, man suffocates on Splash Mountain. We were going to be in Magic Kingdom on the last day of Splash Mountain being open as a ride because they're closing it for refurbishment for like two years. So they had stopped doing maintenance on Splash Mountain, like leading up to it because they're going to be closing the ride down anyways. (laughs) Like they were letting things go. Like the animatronics were like a little wonky and like, you know what I mean? Like they're not going to repair it if they're just going to like tear it down. Right. So like the maintenance had been like sketchy, spotty on Splash Mountain. And so apparently it was like leaking a lot more. Like as you like go through the caves and stuff, like there was like water, like just like falling you would get a lot more wet on it now than like you would have ever in the past and so people were wearing like ponchos on it you know it takes a picture of you when you go down the drop on splash mountain so this guy in his picture it's like his poncho was like up in his face and suffocating him no so the, the article though it shows this man suffocating with plastic it's on splash mountain and i was like jesus christ but it he didn't die he was just he had a little plastic in his face for the drop but that's the type of shit that like you don't hear about right now we get all the stuff on our phones all all the time like this whole balloon situation all that the whatever the china balloon but you don't ever hear anything going down in disney (laughs) like disney does not reach our phones like any incidents any accidents none of it it does not like alert on our phone being like a kid that gets lost at disney never comes up on our phone (laughs) well you know why they don't consider the child lost have you heard that one no like you have to imagine all these kids and all these parents like kids are getting separated from their parents kids are being fucking lost all the time but you would never see like an amber alert on disney property right okay what they do is like a cast member would find like this separated child and they treat it as if the parents are lost, not the kid. The kid is not lost. The kid is exactly where the kid is supposed to be. It's your parents who have been separated from the kid. The cast member will just play around with the kid until they are able to locate the parents to reconnect them. But they ain't putting out a fucking Amber Alert for your kid when they if you lose them at Disney. The marketing that Disney has. Right. There's no Amber Alert for an adult, <laughs> right? Oh, man. I don't know if I like that part either because there could be some sketchy people at Disney. What a way to turn a bad situation. <laughs> so getting into some accidents at Disney. Um, so in 1983, an 18-year-old man fell off Space Mountain and was paralyzed. Space Mountain, I remember as a kid when I went when I was seven was like, it was this like crazy wild indoor roller coaster in the dark. So like, oh my God, you can't see where you're going. It's like pitch black. It's like you're in space, right? When you and I went, when we were 19, I wanted to, oh, like, oh yes, gotta go ride Space Mountain. Like that's the hot roller coaster ride, right? And I came off that ride being like, it was broad daylight in there. It lost all of its magic. 
I can see the tracks and I can see everything in here. Like it felt like it was like Space Mountain with the lights on. It's a whole different vibe. So if you had rode it in the pitch black without seeing the tracks, like you can go like hands up on the ride. Those tracks were so close together that you were like, once the lights were on and you were in Space Mountain, you're like, I am not putting my hands up. Like my hands are going to be decapitated by the track above me. Like, no, thank you. The teacups though are the worst. I don't know. I hate the teacups. <laughs> I love a good teacup. <laughs> that messes with my jouis. <laughs> I get off. I don't I don't like in a gauche. <laughs> in 2013, there were two small explosions in trash cans in the Toontown area of the park that caused the park to be evacuated. The cause of the explosion. Wiley Coyote. <laughs> meet me. Do you think he's the one that filled the bottle with dry ice? <laughs> <laughs> Did he do it? <laughs> Sounds like something that pesky coyote would have done. <laughs> so a 22-year-old confessed to detonating the bombs and was sentenced to a misdemeanor of possessing a destructive device. Speaking of these incidents, one of the rides that I was riding, it was the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Epcot. And the second time that I rode it, it broke down as we were like waiting to get on it. So as I was waiting there, because we're like, oh, like, let's just give it like a little bit and see if they fix it and get it back up and running while we're here. You were still willing to get on it. (laughs) Yes. Malfunctions. Uh, The rides were malfunctioning there all the time, all day long. (laughs) So as I was waiting there, that's when I decided it would be a good time to pull up the list of Disney incidents. And the one that I was like, holy shit. On September 12th, 1992, a 37-year-old man from Rochester, New York, entered Epcot after the park closed its gates for the night and brandished a shotgun at three security guards demanding to see his ex-girlfriend who worked at the park. Oh. He fired four blasts at the guards and took two guards hostage in a restroom near the Journey into Imagination Pavilion. As Orange County Sheriff's deputies surrounded the area, which this is interesting because that's like outside police force, Mm -hmm. right? Surrounded the area, the man released his hostages and emerged from the restroom with a shotgun held to his chest. After exchanging words with the deputies, he put the gun to his head and fired. He was pronounced dead on arrival at the Orlando Regional Medical Center. Yeah, because they won't do it while they're at the park. (laughs) They won't do it while they're at the park. Like, obviously, he shot himself in the head. I'm sure they knew he was dead before getting to the medical center. But investigators attributed his actions to a recent breakup with his longtime girlfriend. Like, Damn. So one other thing I have, which I've heard about this, I've obviously I don't think I've ever witnessed it. Don't know if you've ever witnessed it. Is people spreading ashes at Disney? I have not, but I can imagine that people would want to do that. So people take ashes of their loved ones to the park to be spread. In some cases, the tales say that the deceased either loved Disney or worked at Disney. Which it's only been one recorded incident where a family. May have spread ashes. The family approached park staff and requested a private memorial for their loved one in the haunted mansion. In the haunted mansion? (laughs) I was like, that would be me. (laughs) The haunted mansion. (laughs) Or the Tower of Terror. (laughs) Anything spooky. (laughs) Oh my god. Their request was granted, but the park staff noted that the family seemed to go beyond memorial and were witnessed spreading a powder around the attraction, which was some presumed to be ashes. 
Others have reported people spreading priority substances on other rides, such as Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. And it's rumored that this happens on a fairly frequent basis, so much so that the park maintenance uses a special vacuum equipment and park staff have to be trained to handle such situations. <laughs> oh my God. They just have to go vacuuming up dead yeah. body parts <laughs> around Disney. To think about like you're sitting behind people on a ride and somebody starts like you know, <laughs> taking, taking like a little vial of ashes and it just gets like onto you. <laughs> oh my gosh. So another rumor for Disney was... I've always kind of heard this too. Does Disney have a jail? No, they don't have a jail, but they have a network of tunnels called utility doors that allow cast members and other staff to access different parts of the park and move around without being seen. So it's not to break the illusion and take guests out of the immersive Disney experience. Walt Disney was bothered by the sight of a cowboy walking through Disneyland's Tomorrowland en route to his post in Frontierland. He felt that such a sight was jarring and detracted from guest experience. Since Disneyland was small, such a title system could not be implemented. When the new Florida Disney Park was being planned, engineers designed the utility doors to keep park operations out of guest site. Oh, like with the trash system too. So everything was so clean there, right? And that was a big like Walt Disney thing. Like I think there was a study done for him just witnessing how long someone would hold on to a piece of trash before they would throw it on the ground because he didn't want trash on the ground whatever the study said like oh it's like 15 feet that someone will hold on to it before they throw it on the ground so he literally put trash cans like every 15 feet like so there were trash cans everywhere like if you have something and you're like oh i need to throw this away you look and you will see a trash can like immediately there's always a trash can around, but then they hide them nicely. So you're not just like looking at trash cans everywhere. But right, yeah, maybe they'll like blend it in if they have right. to. Like, right, exactly. Know. But there is always a trash can. They're never overflowing. Like, I don't think I saw anyone changing trash. So like, I don't know, like, does, does the trash just dump into the underground tunnels? I don't know. The bathrooms, there's like a million bathrooms everywhere and the bathrooms are super clean. I was in a bathroom stall one time and I saw a toilet paper and it was flurrying to the ground and this arm of not a person's arm but you know those (laughs) I was like where is she going with this do you know those grabbers like things that are meant for reaching things like on the top shelf it's like yeah it's like a big like metal arm and you pull like a little trigger and it like grab something for you from the top shelf well this grabber arm comes under my stall door the toilet paper hadn't even hit the ground yet and this person was collecting the toilet paper scrap <laughs> from under my stall i was like that was insane to me that is wild like that's how on top of it they are oh my god it's so culty <laughs> okay so the story that i said i would get back to was one incident when we went to Disney Springs, which is like where all the shops and restaurants and stuff like it's separate. It's not a park. It's kind of like what the downtown Disney area used to be. And you take a bus there, the Disney bus system, like it's all part of the Disney World park area. And we were waiting for our bus to return home. So we were just like in line at the the bus terminal for coming back to our 
a hotel. And this woman just comes up behind us. And this was nighttime. It was after dinner. And immediately, as soon as she got behind us in line, she asks us to use our cell phone. She said, can I use your phone to call my friend? She just appeared out of nowhere and just came in hot and was like, can I use your phone to call my friend real quick? And I could see my husband was about to give her his phone. And I looked up and she's holding like a brand new iPhone in her hands. And I'm like, something was off putting about it, like right from the beginning. So I was like, I looked at my husband and I'm like, no, like she has a phone. Like what's, what's her deal? And so he asks her, he says, what's wrong with your phone? Cause you're freaking holding a phone in your hand. And she's like, oh, I, I didn't pay the bill. And we're like, what? Her response to that question made us even more sketched out about the situation. Like, what do you mean? You didn't like, why are you holding your phone? Like, if you didn't pay the bill, like, why should you be using it? Like, why are you carrying it around? And why are you at Disney? If you didn't why are you at bill? Disney Springs <laughs> at the stores? Like, I don't understand. Like, none of it made sense. I was like looking at my husband, like adamantly. I was like, no, nah, like, don't do it. Don't hand her your phone. You know what I mean? So he was like, no, I'm good. And we've like kind of like turned our back a little bit to her. So as this is all happening, another old couple is walking up to get onto the bus. And so she asks them the exact same thing. And she gives them a different story for why her phone doesn't work or whatever. Oh, I don't like this. I forget what she said to them, like either like her battery died or something. She gave them a different excuse. And so we're just sitting there now and we're like listening intently to these people because we're like, do we need to step in and intervene? Like, I don't want this couple to now get scammed right in front of us. The woman very smartly was like, I will call them for you. Like, so she was like, I'm not going to give you my phone but like, I was just she, thinking that like that's what I would say so she was like oh I, I'll call them what's the number and so she plugs in the number puts it on speakerphone and it's ringing so it's ringing it's ringing they quote unquote don't pick up and then as that happens all of a sudden this man appears from like the bushes and she's like oh he's right here my friend's right here like never mind I don't need your phone anymore and like this, this guy just like shows up out of the bushes what is going on? Right. And so now this woman, as her friend comes out of the bushes, turns to us and she gets belligerent with us. And she's like, see, I wasn't trying to steal your phone. So she got like angry with us for not letting her use the phone. She was on the back of our bus. And when our bus pulled up to our hotel, they took off sprinting off the bus. Like they got off the bus and just sprinted away. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. It wasn't that I thought she was going to steal my phone. Like, I can just chase you down. Like, you're not going to just run off with my phone. Exactly. Yeah. The Venmo scam that was worrying me where they just like take your phone. They'll pretend they're calling their friend, but they're really Venmoing themselves like $5,000. And then like they'll be like, oh, they didn't answer. And they'll hand you your phone back. They disappear. And you're $5,000 lighter. That was what I didn't want to happen. That was what my fear was. And I was like, after the way that they acted, I was like, I... I'm very certain that they were trying to scam us. Yeah, that's the same vibe I'm getting. Because why was the guy just coming? Like you said, I don't obviously don't know if he came out of a literal bush, but <laughs> he was just so conveniently there. Like as soon as they realized that it wasn't going to work because the woman wasn't going to hand over her phone to Thank her. God. The friend just appears out of nowhere to like get the girl out of the jam and like pretend like everything was legit. As we were getting onto the bus and they were like boarding the bus behind us. One of my friends overheard the guy say to her, next time you, you can't keep, have your phone out like that. Because that's why it didn't work with us was because 
were like, well, you have a phone in your hands. Like, why do you need our phone? They were trying to fucking scam. Absolutely. Right. And then like, then they get aggressive with us being like, I wasn't trying to steal your phone. I was like, well, that sounds like something somebody who was trying to steal my phone would say. I got back to the hotel that night and I was like trying to like Google and like Reddit search like if this was like a common scam that was happening in the area. The comments on Reddit were killing me because somebody was like, I love Reddit. (laughs) Oh, if anybody ever asks to use your phone like that, you and this wouldn't help with the Venmo thing. This would only help with like someone trying to steal your phone. But yeah, if anyone ever asks to use your phone like that, you say, "Okay, but give me your shoe. And that way, (laughs) if they try to run away, they're going to be hobbled and uneven and you can catch up with them quicker. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's a common Venmo scam if anybody hadn't heard of that. So you have to like put a pin on, you can put a pin or like a facial recognition, I think specifically on your Venmo app so that if somebody is using your phone to call somebody, if they wanted to access the Venmo app, they would not be able to transfer money without you putting in a pin or your your facial recognition. The other thing that I read about, it was an article in the LA Times from it was talking about a lot of incidents from like the late 90s so but it was interesting and it was about the legal aspects associated with lawyers and disney and all of that there was something about how florida state law says that you can't sue someone who was a former client so like for law firms if you had represented someone as a client or defended somebody or whatever if you had represented someone previously you cannot then go and prosecute that same person on a future oh, thing at all, even okay. if it's unrelated. In that regard, what you end up with is all of the kind of like local law firms in that area around the Disney World's resort. You end up either like in two camps, like you're either like you've defended Disney in the past and now you cannot prosecute Disney. Or you are in the other camp where you've never defended Disney and you're, you can prosecute Disney. And so what Disney was accused of doing, as per what I read in this article, was that they would farm out, like they would sub out a lot of their legal work, not because they don't have in-house lawyers, but solely with the intent of developing this network of lawyers who are not able to sue them in the area. Right. So if you have a claim against Disney, you're going to have a hard time finding a lawyer that hasn't represented Disney in the past to be able to sue them. So smart. Brilliant. They're playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers and they are playing chess. It's fucked up, but it's chess. It is, but so smart on their behalf. Just... Isn't that wild? And this is why they're so successful. <laughs> just that way of thinking, like in that business sense, is just... My brain does not compute or think like that. Because it's like unethical. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's like all big corporations are like that. Like that's it's like that's the goal. It's like world domination, you know, like we're going to just. They protect themselves at every cost. Exactly that. And so like all the security and stuff at Disney, which the whole self-governed aspect of Disney means that they like operate as their own little like kind of small town and they have it's actually called Reedy Creek Improvement District is the mm-hmm. name of like the the governance body that 
governs over that Disney world land and property and all of that. So like they don't use municipal services from other areas. Like they are self-regulated. They provide themselves all those services. And so like security, instead of police, you have Disney security mm-hmm. type people that are there. And but they're on Disney payroll, right? So like yeah. their first interest is to protect their employer, to protect Disney, not to protect the people. So it's kind of like HR at companies. So like you think HR is there to like help you. HR is there to protect the company. HR is not there to protect the employee. Yeah. In the example that they gave was this like peeping Tom case where obviously cast members are constantly, they have dressing rooms and they need to get dressed and all of this. In And there was like a peeping Tom type incident where there was like there were peepholes and mirrors and all this stuff set up so that this guy was like watching the cast members disrobe and Jesus get changed Christ. and all this. The it, it was known that Disney security people knew about it and Disney knew about it and they were trying to they're obviously it's not that they weren't trying to prosecute this guy or to get this guy fired or to get rid of this guy, but they had to do it in such a way where they had collected enough evidence so that they wouldn't get like you know a case for like wrongful termination and Mm. that kind of shit so instead of it just being like oh i called the cops and the cops are gonna just come in and be like yeah there's evidence of this peeping tom guy like we're gonna get rid of him they were like building a case and so they let the guy continue to be a peeping tom while they built their case for like i don't know how long but so wrong. So these girls are unknowingly like disrobing, like, and now it's like a known thing, and they're just like trying to catch this guy like in the act. So it's just like, where does your loyalty lie? Like, your loyalty obviously wasn't to protecting the the woman in this case. Your loyalty was to protecting the company and making sure that the company had a solid case. It's just those types of nuances that make it pretty effed up. Yeah, and you don't think of those things when you go to Disney. <laughs> No, I'm not thinking about how Snow White got dressed in the morning. <laughs> and like at the end of the day, it's a job. So it's like, is it worth it when there's like an ethical issue? You know what I mean? I would hope you would be like, hey, this is wrong. Like this guy's like peeping on these girls. Like this is so wrong. So I don't know. Like, is it a, is a job worth it? I know it's Disney. <laughs> well, they had that whole like college program. I believe for a long time it was like this recruitment, college recruitment, where you would get to like stay on Disney property and they probably had meals paid for. And it was like part of a college like learning program. And you would like learn the Disney way. You could you'd get like indoctrinated into the Disney experience and then you would kind of move around. You'd try different jobs and then you they'd like place you somewhere. And and that was very that was a coveted thing to do. Oh my gosh, I'm getting to work at Disney World, right? And so for a young college kid too, without a whole lot of life experience, some of these experiences that you may have working there, you're not going to know that like, hey, this isn't right. Or this, you know, it's just like, oh, this is just what it is. You know, I've faced a whole bunch of situations in my early career that I would deal with differently today. You know what I mean? Now as an adult, we know that's totally freaking wrong. A lot of the younger generation now are more keen and aware of these types of issues than we would have been coming out of school. So that's I, that's positive. That's a good thing because I think they're inclined to deal with less shit than we would have dealt with. 
well, speaking of the college kind of recruitment aspect, they also like culturally recruit. So, you know, Epcot has the around the world. Yeah. It's called like World Showcase, where you go to mm-hmm. the different countries around Epcot. I was surprised by this when I just went, like the cast members that work in those areas. So each designated country, they are legit. They are from the countries that they are representing there. Oh. So Disney recruits cultural representatives from these countries to come and work there. So when you are in France, the people speak French and they like they'll speak English with you, obviously, but like they you hear them speaking French to each other and you ask them where they're from and they have French accents and they are from France and you're just like, oh shit. You know, like it's it's that's, authentic. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. They 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 just hit every mark, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> they don't miss a beat. <laughs> they don't have Portugal, right? So there's no Portugal yeah. on the Epcot World Showcase, which is a crime. Sad. Yeah. It's sad. And it's not planned to be because you, you can look at some of the countries that they're they're considering potentially adding. And I, Portugal, I believe, is not on that list either. Wow. What beef does Disney have? <laughs> right. And so the other place where there's like cultural representation that we mentioned a little bit earlier was that it's a small world ride where you go through and it's supposed to be like a showcase of all the countries around the world. So you're in like a little boat and you go through and it sings, it's a small world song and, and there's different like areas. So you go through and it's like, Oh, and these are Norwegian dancers and then you, or whatever. And then you go through and there's, you know, Japanese representation and there's German representation. You go through all these areas. And then at the end, there's like this big, like, finale room where like all the countries are just like all meshed together but they're all represented there and there's no portugal represented in that and there's a ton more countries in that than there are around the epcot world showcase so so i was like what the hell like we got snubbed and then as you're exiting there's like this little like montage that it just says basically bye or goodbye in all these different languages and it said adeus so Adeus was on there and I was like, that's goodbye in Portuguese. And it's not it's not the same as like Spanish because Spanish would be like adios, right? Yeah. They're another country that says Adeus too. So I had the same thought as you about Adeus being like, okay, maybe this is just how you say it, it goodbye in another language too. And it just happens to be the same as Portuguese. So I was like trying to look it up. And I ended up on this article that was like talking about how to say goodbye in Portuguese and like the formal farewell and the proper way is a douche. And it says it's pretty much like the French for adieu, which is spelled differently. Okay. So it's not it's not what was on there on the, the wall and it's a small world. But it says it literally means, quote, to God, like a douche to God. And there's an implication that you may not see the other person again for some time. So it, it just sounds so morbid when you put it that way and you start thinking, yeah. like, is it literally like, it's kind of like, like, yeah, like, like, if God lets us see each other again, like, that's so messed up. Yeah, I didn't even think of that because I knew that I knew it was like the God aspect, but I didn't even know that. It's like, oh, if God lets us. Yeah, like it's kind of messed up in a weird, <laughs> morbid way, right? It's not like 
like the other ways to say bye, like até logo, like see you later, até amanhã, see you tomorrow. Yeah. Like there's other ways to say it, but the formal like adeus, goodbye is like, what does that have to do with God? Why is God in there? <laughs> it's if God lets us. To go back to like Portugal on the World Showcase. I'm so mad that we're not, but... <laughs> I would argue that there's room. Like, I don't think it's like a room issue. Like, I think they have opportunity to expand. I looked at an aerial map. I'm like, Portugal would fit right here. Yeah. <laughs> and so what would that entail? To remind me of Epcot, because it's obviously been a while. So when you go to the different stations, are you are you going in? Like, are you you're going into a building, right? So it's an area and there's a lot of different buildings associated with that area. So like you kind of walk through and like if you're in the Japanese area, they may have like a little Japanese garden and they may have a couple buildings that are like storefronts. They may have like a ride. They may have food areas. So it's like it's like a whole little like town square, basically, of that country. Portugal would be a soccer field. (laughs) Portugal would be a soccer field and coming off the soccer field, it'd be a pozzeria. <laughs> yes, and a church to go to Misa. And then a church. I think we nailed it. <laughs> That's it. The padaria, the igreja, and, and the, the football. Field. I think we nailed it, guys. Epcot, Disney can sell soccer balls. <laughs> Dude. Jean-Dish at the bakery. And then you can get some holy water at the Grisha from Splash Mountain that they're selling on eBay. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about that. So (laughs) I mentioned that I rode the last Splash Mountain. So it was the last day that Splash Mountain was operational. And if anybody is concerned or wondering why, it's because it was deemed racist. Like the show, Mm -hmm. it's a really old show. I had never heard of it, never watched it. But like there's a show or something that it was the ride is based around. and that show inherently because of the time that it was created which is not right but had racist elements to it i guess why are we keeping a ride that has racist undertones so Mm -hmm. they disney decided they were going to refurbish remodel whatever the ride so they're completely revamping it it's going to be like a tiana's bayou adventure like new orleans vibe from the princess and the frog movie so it's going to take them a couple years i think to revamp the whole ride and and do that but We rode it on its last day of operation, which was nuts. The people, because it was the last day, like all the Disney like fanatic people were there. So people all were wearing these like t-shirts that said like last splash and like like a bunch of things like that. And it was an event. It was an event. The line was so long. Like we had a fast pass for it that we got in first thing in the morning. But by 9 a.m., which was like, the, I'm pretty sure the park opened at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. By 9 a.m., the line for Splash Mountain was like 240 minutes long. It was like... Damn. It was... And all the Disney rides, the line queuing systems are pretty well hidden. Like, you would look from the outside and be like, oh, there's not a long line, but it's like all like inside, like yeah. intricate, like around. And so all that was filled up. And then like the line was then just like snaking through the entire park. Like it was just... You were to get on the line for Splash Mountain, you were like on the other side of the park to get in the back of the line right we saw that line for splash mountain and we were like nowhere near splash mountain we're like holy shit and so we had a fast pass so we just like walked right by all these people and just walked right onto the ride which kind of made me feel guilty it felt a little bit illegal but 
<laughs> but all these people are waiting and then you ride the ride and you get down like you splash down and then people were cheering so there was like all this whole crowd of people standing there just watching every log come down that day and just like cheering like it was just the wildest thing like i was like this is kind of interesting so we were like pumping up the crowd like yeah. as came around <laughs> I in our bet log. you there was people specifically just that just went to disney that day to do splash mountain yes. and then just to stay outside of splash like outside of the ride to cheer people on like they weren't doing they weren't planning to do any other rides that day so there was a ton of like youtubers and online content creation type of people because i'm sure there's like there's like a million disney bloggers and like yeah. all that stuff so like all those people were there so the guy who like my splash mountain picture from the ride it's like our entire group because we had six of us and then the front row of the log is this man with a selfie stick with a his phone on it and he was live streaming to his youtubers the entire time we were on the ride Oh my god. He had a little like Splash Mountain themed stuffy and he was like talking with the stuffy like to his live streamers. It was really interesting, but he's he is there with his selfie stick live streaming in the front of my Splash Mountain picture. Have you tried to look for the video? No. It's probably, no, it I'm sure so I hot. can. I'm sure if I googled it, but I'm assuming that there were a lot of people doing that that day. Yeah. Because, like, there were people that we saw in lines and they were, like, live streaming while they were waiting in line. Like, it was it was very oh God, interesting. It'd probably be way too many. That pops up. Right. So we go. We ride the ride. It was great. Like, we didn't have to wait in line. It was awesome. And then the next day, we start seeing these articles pop up talking about how people had collected jars of Splash Mountain water, like, from, like, it's a little log flume ride. Like, so, like, they just, like, collected jars of water as they went on the ride. And then they were trying to sell them on eBay. They were listing them on eBay for an insane amount of money. Like, last splash water. And it's funny because it's, like, in a Poland Springs bottle. <laughs> the one I saw was, like, a Poland Springs water bottle without the label, obviously. And I'm like, don't tell me people are really going to buy this just ridiculous like i was like this is insane it's like i just saw on facebook a couple days ago a friend of mine tagged me in something where you know tom brady just like retired for the second time mm -hmm. and he did his little video and he was like on the beach when he did his video people are selling the sand from the <laughs> spot that he re retired tom brady retirement spot sand <laughs> it's for like five thousand dollars like are you kidding me you really want the sand where Tom Brady sat on, just fly down there and get it yourself. <laughs> Seriously, for five thousand dollars, I can make a nice vacation out of it. Yeah, right? like that would be ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So, for mental health today, I think keeping it disney themed just thinking about the trip that i just went on it was a lot it was intense there was so much going on and we didn't really adequately build in our rest time so we did but like it was like after we had already done four parks and then we were mm -hmm. like oh we'll have a rest day and then we'll do one more park and that was obviously lopsided and we needed to build our rest day in a little bit earlier but the rest day is very important the if you're planning a trip to the parks you need to build in time for 
rest. You can't do everything. You can't fit it all in. You just have to carve out that time. I think we were averaging like 22,000 steps a day on the park days. Like there were days where it was like, like a 15 hour park day. Like we were, we were leaving our hotel room and then returning 15 hours later from the park. Like it was insane. Yeah. You like texted us and you were like, out of the hotel, uh, out of your room at like 6 a.m. or something like that. And I'm like, that's insane. It was ridiculous. We were up at the crack of dawn. We were taking the first bus to every park and getting there before they opened. And in some cases, only one night did we stay until fireworks. So, like at Magic Kingdom, we were there mm-hmm. from park open to park close, basically oh. almost after fireworks and stuff. So, just having to build in. A rest day it was very important. Do not overlook that aspect of it. And I just need to say, like, I am not a twenty-two thousand steps a day person. Like, my health app on my phone thought like something was wrong with me. Like, I, <laughs> I had been kidnapped. Like, I was getting like alerts. Like, there's been a step change in your activity level. Are you okay? And, like, <laughs> because I went from like being pretty much like sedentary, like moving like a thousand steps a day. And then all of a sudden I was doing like 22,000 steps a day and they were like, what is happening? (laughs) Just building in the rest is important. And I think that's whether you're at Disney or just in life in general, like rest and recharge is a very important thing. So like we're always thinking about needing to be about productivity and needing to be productive for every second of every day. And that's just not practical. That's not what our bodies need. Our bodies need rest. So rest time is productive time because you're recharging. So it's build in rest no matter what you're doing. And it's definitely like, it's tough when you're on a trip because you do want to try to see everything. You want to try to do everything. You want to try to see everything. Even if it's like not Disney, if you're going somewhere in Europe and you want to like sightsee, it's hard. If you're not going to like an all-inclusive, you don't like, you know, at least if you're on an all-inclusive, you're just like, this is what I'm doing. I'm rested. But when you're doing other trips, you do want to see everything. So you plan so much of your day, but you don't realize like how important you do need to rest. Yeah, I can second a rest day, (laughs) several rest days. So the way that you manage it in the park is there are certain attractions or rides that are like rest. So there are things that are like, it's a 30 minute sit down show. So you build that into like the the go, go, go. So you'll just be like, okay, now we're going to just go sit here for 30 minutes and do this show. And that is a way that you can kind of sit, maybe get yourself out of the sun, get yourself into a climate controlled area potentially, and just get off your feet for an extended period of time. So like a lot of times we would just get into like a show that we didn't even want to see just because we're like, this is rest time. All right. Awesome. Guys, thanks for listening again. Share us to your friends, family. Leave us some reviews. Leave us some tips for Disney. 